You're listening to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast, episode number 17. Welcome to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. I'm Jennifer Schreckengost. I consider myself a healthy-ish foodie, a wanderlust junkie, a coffee connoisseur, and an e-learning expert, and your host for the next hour or so. So pull up a seat, grab a cup of coffee, and come listen to conversations with real people who are all learning how to eat well, live well, and travel often. Welcome back to another episode. This week's episode is an eat well episode where we talk about nutrition and wellness. And then this week we're talking with Casey Goins from Well-Fed Soul. Um, After battling disordered eating and exercise addiction for years, Casey has finally been able to come to understand what it means and feels like to eat intuitively and exercise according to how her body feels. Uh, she loves natural and wholesome foods. She loves recipe, recipe development and focusing on feeding her body with nourishing yet pleasurable foods. And she has an amazing story, one in which I know there are people out there that will resonate with her uh, and how to just get out of that uh, disordered eating and just that diet mentality and and move into a more intuitive state. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's go ahead and jump right in. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Casey Goins uh, with me from Well-Fed Soul. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. So Casey is joining us today for um, an episode on Eat Well, the Eat Well pillar of Waterless and Wellness. And we're going to be talking about uh, how to live and eat more intuitively with our bodies, which is an interesting topic. And um, it's kind of, you know, a word you kind of hear a lot um, out in the nutrition space, but I'm not sure that, you know, like everyone truly knows, you know, what it means to actually truly live and eat intuitively. But before we get started, um, I would love for you to kind of just just give the audience a little bit of your backstory, um, your experience um, with you know your journey towards you know eating more intuitively and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my journey really started kind of toward the later years of college. Um, I was a junior. I had somehow stumbled across the fitness world, um, decided that uh, the next thing I was going to chase was going to be six-pack abs. (laughs) And I think that's really common. Um, So I um, found myself on bodybuilding.com. I started, you know, I went from working out zero days per week to being in the gym six days a week, um, really pushing myself. And then nothing was changing. So um, I got rid of everything in my kitchen that was processed, anything with chemicals. Um, and I told myself I was only going to eat clean for the rest of forever. Um, (laughs) so that that was really difficult. Um, I stuck with it for a couple weeks and then I kind of found myself losing control when I was around food that I wouldn't normally let myself have. Mm -hmm. So when I went back home to my parents' house, when I went to friends' houses, um, I just absolutely went crazy um, and kind of just stuffed my face full of anything I could find. Um, so it was really, um, it was really a sh- like a shameful and a really like, like guilty feeling around that. Um, you know, it wasn't just like I was like eating too much where I was yeah. over overfilled or whatever. It was... Um, really like a full on binge. Like I totally lost control. 
Um, and that kept happening um, more frequently um, and to the point where like I was just in an incredible amount of pain from how much I was eating. Um, and so I ended up getting in touch with one of my good friends who happened to have struggled with the same thing. And she was like, you know, you really need to get into counseling. So, um, found a therapist and I started to kind of relearn food and relearn how to eat. Um, and there were some other things that happened along the way. I got into macro counting, thinking mm-hmm. that was from my binge eating disorder and it didn't. Um, and I, I really just had to let go completely of food rules and fear foods and, um, and really embrace, um, intuitive eating. And it's a hard thing. It's a really hard thing to do because you have to start I, like with the body part of it. You have to start, you know, like, I guess all of disordered eating stems from the fact that we really don't like the way we look. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in a culture that perpetuates this thin ideal, um, you know, we get so wrapped up in what we, what we eat. Yeah. We look. So it was, it was really just like, I had to do a lot of body work, a lot. Uh-huh. Of so, um, I'm in a lot different place now. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, you know, I love healthy foods, but I love ice cream too. And it's all okay. And I'm in a comfortable place now. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, you know, and like, that's so brave of you to share your story because I know there are listeners out there that, you know, maybe struggling with that same, you know, scenario or may even yeah. be where you were in the past with disordered eating and exercise addiction. Um, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, there's so much what I call noise out there in society for, you know, diets and eating and that perfect body that like, it's so easy to get sucked into that, uh, that, that, that pattern, that lifestyle, because you're just always striving to attain that. What, you know, is sometimes, you know, unattainable for, for some people. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, really that's, you know, that's kind of like this picture in America is like this, you know, like thin white woman and that's what everybody strives to be. Um, and so it's frustrating, you know, the diet industry just takes so much of our money and our time and our energy and doesn't really get us anywhere. Right. Right. So how long did it take you from the time that you realized, like when you were in counseling, um, to, to where you are today and like truly letting go of that and, you know, more like eating and living, you know, intuitively, like, was that like, how long of a span was that for you to make that leap? Yeah. Um, it's been several years actually. Um, and I think, when I first started, I thought it was just going to be like this really quick change mm-hmm. that like, oh, you know, I'll start counseling and, and everything's going to be fine. I'm going to get over this in a week. Um, but I really still had like that diet mentality. Um, Which I think so many people still do. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I could address like the anxiety that I had around food and learn like coping tools to manage the anxiety and that out of control feeling. But it didn't get rid of the fact that I still like wanted to be thin. And mm-hmm. I, still, I still like, you know, told myself that certain foods were good and certain foods were bad mm-hmm. and beat myself up when I chose the wrong ones. And that, that process was the hardest thing to get over, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Um, so tell me like, well, how would you define, you know, like if I were to say to someone, you know, like, well, we're going to talk about, you know, eating intuitively or, you know, eating more mindfully, like, and, and they might look at me like, you know, a deer in the headlines, like, what are you talking about? Like, how would you explain like what that means, you know, from your perspective? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think intuitive eating really wouldn't have to exist if the diet industry didn't exist. Um, right. It's mainly like intuitive eating is innate. Like you're born knowing how to eat. Yes. You don't like a toddler, like eats when he's hungry, stops when he's full. And you know, it's us, the parents that are like, no, you need to finish. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of going back to that state, but it's really, it's a little bit more complex than that because it's not just like eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full because you can make that into its own diet, you know, yeah. I'm hungry. And so I'm not going to eat. And, you know, then you beat yourself up for eating for not hungry. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more than that. It's, it's kind of just like letting, like letting your body guide you. Um, and really just getting rid of that diet mentality. Um, and that, that kind of thought in the back of your head that you need to be dieting all the time. Um, and I think what kind of separates it from everything else is, you know, getting rid of the guilt and getting rid of the shame around food Mm -hmm. and just letting your body like do what it needs to do and mm-hmm. eat to eat and kind of stopping and asking yourself like, well, what really sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really paying attention to that. And, the, and so that's why I, I always, you know, in, when I talk in other podcast episodes or, you know, I talk to people like the mindset part of, you know, li- like creating a healthy lifestyle is really crucial because it's not, it's not just, you know, calories in calories out, or did I get my workout in? It's also, you know, the mindset around it. And like you said, like not seeing things as good versus bad or, you know, beating yourself because you didn't make it to the gym that day. Or, you know, it's, I think, I think it's like a, like there's multiple pieces to the puzzle. And I think we need to make sure that we don't overlook the mindset part of, you know, creating a, a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of layers to it. It's not just like a really straightforward process and it's gonna look different for everybody. Um, but that mindset shift is huge because it's not, you know, like, so for binge eating, for example, it's not the fact that you're overeating. It's, it's how you feel about what you're eating. Mm -hmm. It's like that whole, like being wrapped up in the guilt and the shame, um, and telling yourself that you've like fallen off the wagon and things like that. But like, really, if the wagon didn't exist in the first place, then you wouldn't have to, to create that anxiety and that guilt. Yeah. And I've been guilty myself of like, I'll, you know, make that joking statement or I'll share, I'll share that, you know, funny, you know, meme on the internet about, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like the dog on the couch and, you know, like me after I binged on something, but you're right. Like we've created a society, but the problem is, is that it's, it's secretly like storing that message on the back of our, our, our minds of that, oh my gosh, if I don't eat a certain way, then I'm bad or I've messed up. Or like you said, I've fallen off the wagon um, or we beat ourselves up of like, oh, I ate all this. So now I need to go like, I need to go to the gym double hard next time. You know, it's, and that's, that's, that's the complete opposite direction of what I consider, you know, really kind of trying to live and eat uh, more intuitively and be in connection with our bodies. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I think because I, I lived that way for so long mm-hmm. um, and trying to like compensate for if you were, you know, bad or ate something bad, you know, um, and it's just, it's not a good place to be. And it totally goes against that innate nature that our bodies are just going to tell us what it needs, uh-huh. but we have to listen to it. And yeah. <laughs> so, so that, so that takes me to, okay. So let's say that, um, you know, like I'm someone that like, I'm like, okay, well I need to, I need to start, you know, like I need to do this. I need to like live more intuitively. And then I'm going to like, I'm going to listen to my body. And then I'm going to be like, okay, what's it telling me? You know, like, how do you, how, like, what are some strategies to kind of gain back control and ease into that more, you know, intuitive state? And when we say listen to our bodies, like, what does that, what does that mean? You know, like, what are, what are we, what, what should we be looking for, listening for, you know, like, how, how do you approach that? Yeah. Um, and again, that's going to look different for everybody yeah. too. I think in eating, especially, I think, you know, the kind of the first step is recognizing that like there is, there is an issue, you know, and that we're not supposed to be dieting all the time and Mm -hmm. that we're not really supposed to be pursuing this, this ideal in America. Um, You know, and it's just, it's hard. Like, it's kind of recognizing that your body shape and your weight like, have nothing to do really with anything. Mm-hmm. So really I think the first step to, to kind of like eating more intuitively um, and learning to listen to your body is to just like, to know where you're at now mm-hmm. um, and to know like what things cause you anxiety and what they like where you're struggling with and what things you can start to work on. But really I think the, I think the body work is going to be like, the most important piece of it. Um, it's really hard to have a good relationship with food if you don't have a good relationship with yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like self-acceptance is, is really big, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and for, I mean, for that, for me, um, personally, a lot of it was through, um, honestly podcasts. Like I've been listening to podcasts like crazy, um, reading a lot of like really positive books and just, um, filtering my social media. <laughs> that uh-huh. one's been huge. Um, I had to get rid of like so many fitness accounts on Instagram because I was just like basically just destroying myself. Yeah. 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 You know, so that's a big piece of it too. Um, but I guess, I guess listening to your body is, um, just really tuning in, um, like every, like every day, you know, mm-hmm. so, like stopping and asking yourself, well, what sounds good to me to eat instead of like picking like, you know, this certain food because it's quote good or, Mm -hmm. you know, this like certain diet foods um, and just asking yourself what sounds good and kind of analyzing your emotions at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I do, I eat when I'm not hungry and that's totally okay. It's normal. Um, but kind of recognizing and trying to judge like your hunger and fullness is important too. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is in terms of exercise. Um, so I am the majority of the time I'm a weightlifter, so it's still, (laughs) I really enjoy it. Um, and it's something that I do with my husband. So, um, we have like that kind of bonding there. Um, but there are days where 
I just don't want to go in and instead of forcing myself to do it, um, I'm just going to listen and maybe stay home and sleep in or do yoga or something like something more calming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you have to listen to your body when it comes to movement. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how does your, um, tell me about the history of like from when you started the blog and how does the, like, does your, did your blog, is it almost like, um, a channel or a resource that has allowed you to continue your healing, um, with your, you know, disordered eating and your exercise addiction? Yeah. And you actually hit the nail on the head because it's exactly what it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I do like, I love cooking. I love baking. I always have. So um, if you visit the blog, you'll find like a ton of recipes. Um, but it's also, like you said, it's been a channel for me to, um, to still grow and learn about myself. Um, and as I kind of, you know, learn and write about, you know, anxiety and mindfulness and intuitive eating and body acceptance and all these things, it forces me to do the legwork too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's actually been a huge piece of it. And I, I don't know that I would have done as much work on myself if I didn't have the blog. Uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you, you know, you're kind of a student of your own teaching as, as you, you know, uh, you know, produce content for your blog. Yeah, I definitely am. Um, but you know, my goal is to help other people who've been in the same situation. You know, yeah. Like it's taken me so long to figure this thing out and I still don't have it all figured out and I'm still learning um, and still trying to be comfortable with myself. You know, there are days that I wake up and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really feel that great about the way I look today or what I've eaten today. Like I had too much sugar or uh-huh. whatever, but you know, I really want to, you know, like show other people that that's okay. And that's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. But yeah. women get to the same place. Now, did you almost like creating a support network when you were going through this, you know, like um, your experience of when you're, you know, in the throes of like the worst state to where you're at now, did you, did you find that you had a pretty good support network? Yeah. Um, it, to be honest, it wasn't really something that I talked about. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand that anyone else struggled with it at the time. So I think it was, I mean, really when I started, it was probably like 2011, 2012. Um, And so it wasn't, it wasn't really talked about at all. Um, So when I talked about it to my best friend, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's another human in the world that had the same problem, (laughs) Um, which I thought was like incredible. And I, after that, um, I told my mom and I had really good support from my mom, but I really didn't talk about it to anyone else. I was really afraid, um, that I would be judged for it. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit difficult too. So, um, and I I think the more that I learn now, you know, the more that I talk about it, the more that I find I have support. Um, and I think it's just because so many other people go through it too, and we don't even realize it, but um, it just in the last like couple of years, like my husband has been a huge support for me and, you know, really has kind of pushed me to do the soul searching and pushed me to learn more about myself and take some leaps of faith. And uh, that's that, awesome. Yeah. He's been amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people, 
You know, even from my own personal experience, I mean, even if you're not into, you know, even if you're not in, you know, that far in the spectrum where you're, you know, you're in, in, in the throes of a disordered eating or, you know, that, or even if you're mm-hmm. just trying to like, you know, create a healthier lifestyle, if you, I think environment is a crucial factor because if you don't have a supportive environment and you don't have people that are like in your corner, um, it does make it a little bit harder. And so, I think finding that support network, and I talk about this on multiple episodes of the podcast, um, uh, I, I think that's, that's definite, like something that, you know, is important is, the, is to find a support network. And if you don't have anything in your inner circle, you know, like maybe like go out and, you know, and reach out, like you said, like you even went to counseling for yours, um, but maybe even look for some sort of support groups outside, because I think without that support, it makes it just 10 times harder. Yeah, absolutely. I I think support is, it's huge. Um, We're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to live alone. Um, And we have to find people that we, you know, can talk to and can open up to. It's just part of the healing process. My other uh, recommendation, I guess, would be, you know, if you're like in like a small area or you don't have a lot of resources available, there are places online. You can find Facebook groups. you know, and like yeah. search for pass and reach out that way too and reach out online because mm-hmm. it's, it's so important to have those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, you mentioned like you had to unfollow a lot of your, you know, social media, um, accounts that you were following, um, because I found myself doing the same thing. Um, I think, as I mentioned before, there's so much, there's so much pressure and so much noise you know, out there with, you know, the, not even just even the body, even in like the perfect house and the perfect kitchen and the perfect outfit and the perfect kids and the, you know, like it, especially with Instagram. I love Instagram. It's probably one of my favorite social media platforms because I like looking at the pictures, but it does create this, you know, this almost like, you know, issue with, you know, this comparitis and oh my gosh, I don't, I don't look like this. I don't eat like this. Um, and so, what are some strategies that you would suggest that maybe you used um, or, or maybe like for our listeners, if they're kind of struggling with that to drown out that noise so that you can focus more on like yourself and the, and the things that you need to do. Yeah, definitely. I, I so agree with you on that. I love Instagram, but it's, <laughs> it's like really dangerous if you let yes. it, if you let it be. And so, um, yeah, it, you, you just have to do it. Like you just have to get rid of things that are causing you to think less about yourself. Um, and in my case, it was, you know, women in the fitness industry, the bodybuilding world, you know, that were half naked and yeah. showed, like, all the good stuff. And, um, and just me comparing myself to that, like all the time, but it was, it was like a train wreck. Like I couldn't stop looking. Uh-huh. So I, I actually ended up just deleting my Instagram entirely for at least a year. Uh Um, And I I would say that was really helpful. But when I, when I got my Instagram back, it was like, I had to be really careful with it because I knew how destructive it was the first time. Mm -hmm. So I have added a lot more accounts that are, um, just like positive, even like positive quotes or positive affirmations, um, and I, I actually heard this um, in a podcast I was listening to with Isabel Fox and Duke, and she um, she recommended you know adding more like um, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but like 
um, like accounts of people who are a larger size than you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have a tendency to find compassion for that. And, and through that, you find more compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another really good strategy too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even on Pinterest, you know, like there's kind of the joke of like, even like for moms, like you got to have the Pinterest perfect birthday party and the Pinterest perfect lunches for your kids. I mean, social media in and of itself is just, it can be very dangerous, but, but I'm like you, like I decided to kind of drown out some of that noise that was causing me to feel like I'm not good enough. I'm never going to look like that. I'm never going to, you know, like you know, you know, do things that are like that beautiful. And then instead, like I, you know, I follow everyday people that are, you know, right, you know, just like me, or I follow, like you said, like positive accounts. And there are also some great podcasts um, out there for just like positivity and, and, you know, mind, you know, mindset and, and those sorts of things. I can include some of my favorites in the, in the show notes, but again, it goes back to environment and that's part of your environment. So like creating that environment that's going to set you up for success is going to help you in that journey towards, you know, living and eating more intuitively. Yeah, I totally agree. So let me ask you this, like your opinion. Um, you know, like, I know there's like, like there's the diet industry, which is, you know, like, you know, like, um, calories in calories out macro counting, you know, weight watchers, those sorts of things, which, which I know those have done, those programs have done great things for, you know, you know, people, but you know, it can also, you know, lead into that negativity or if you, you do suffer from disordered eating, you know, it can just compound it. But what are what are your thoughts on, you know, I don't really refer to these as diets, but more of like an, a way of eating like uh, keto or paleo. Mm-hmm. Um, are those dangerous? You know, if you feel like you're already kind of out of control, should you avoid? Because that is, that is still a diet in which certain foods are off limits and other foods are, or, you know, what's your take on, on that, those sorts of programs? Yeah, I actually feel the same about like, the whole 30 paleo that I do about, you know, the more popularized diets, like you think of like Atkins or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I have that same line of thinking just because it's asking you to be restrictive. It's mm-hmm. asking you to eliminate certain things from your diet with a goal of weight loss. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and maybe people do it for other reasons and that's fine too. You know, I know people that have done the whole 30 just because they, you know, they feel like they eat too much sugar and just want to see what it's all about. Um, but really it's, it's all about mindset. So you could jump into a whole 30 or paleo, you know, just with a different mindset. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. But if you, you know, if you dive in thinking like, this is the next best thing, this is going to help me lose weight. Um, and you're really just looking to, to breed, you know, disordered eating because, Mm -hmm you're telling yourself you, you can't have these certain foods. Okay. These are on like the no, no list. Um, and what happens when you eat those certain foods, you just, you lose it. You go out of control. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, I had one, so I might as well have all the rest of them, you know, and, and that line of thinking is just really dangerous and it kind of sets you up for, you know, for disordered eating and for continuing problems like that. Yeah. Cause I think the, the message behind, like, for example, with, you know, with the paleo eating, you know, the, the concept behind it is, you know, eliminate foods that cause inflammation, you know, to our bodies and to our systems, but it might not be the case for everybody, but I think it gets lost in the diet noise of, 
of like you said, like where the focus becomes weight loss and you're losing, you know, like, like the, the true like message kind of behind them. And so I kind of even focus on my own, you know, message when, you know, I fix, you know, I used to kind of refer to my recipes as paleo, but really like they're not all paleo because I'm not like super restrictive. I, you know, I've, I've done enough elimination protocols that I know like foods that will cause problems in my body Mm -hmm. um, and that I have allergies to and I have sensitivities to. And like, I will avoid those simply, you know, because I don't feel good when I eat them, but not like I've removed the, like the strictness and the restrictiveness and and, like that rigid, like you can't have that. Even if it, even if your body does well with it, you can't have it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to avoid like any, any type of reference to, you know, like weight loss because I think, well, that might be a benefit, like a side, you know, like a result of, you know, eating more intuitively. I, I think when that's our primary focus, it's just, it's just not, it just sets us up for some, some bad habits down the road. Yeah. I think the same way. Um, and kind of going back to, you know, the, like the whole inflammation thing, um, I, I would say like, that's a whole nother piece to listening to your body. Mm-hmm. You know? So like if dairy, you know, upsets your stomach or, you know, doesn't make your sugar, doesn't make you feel good. Like, you know, that's a good reason maybe to, to not eat it, but Mm -hmm. of looking at it like, well, I can't have this because I'm not allowing myself to, you know, you can, you can have it, you can allow yourself to have it. Um, but just know the consequences, right. (laughs) You know, and, and it, it may take a few times, you know, so you might have like, you know, an intolerance to dairy and, you know, you can't stop eating dairy. You can stop like binging on dairy, you know, just like recognize how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like, that's going to be a lot better than, than just telling yourself that, you know, that you just can't have it, that it's off limits. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's important too. Absolutely. Um, I kind of do that with myself. <laughs> like I have a, I have a severe nut allergy, so that's automatically off the table. Like there's no negotiating that, but dairy and gluten, like I know what's going to happen if I eat those things, but I will still like sometimes choose to allow myself to do it knowing the consequences. Now yeah. I might be like, no, like I don't really feel like feeling that way. So I'm not going to. Um, but Um, I think when I, you know, when I, if I have the mindset of like, I absolutely cannot ever have it, um, you know, it, it, it just kind of like cycled out. And what, what, like what, what would happen is kind of what you mentioned is then I would just like binge on it and then I'd feel really bad for several days. And so I, it all goes back to, like you said, it's just like paying attention to how it makes you feel. Yeah. It's yeah. It can be like a really vicious cycle if you let it. Um, and it's, you know, it's a hard thing to recover from, but, you know, again, it's just, it's just one of those things that is really like just perpetuated by our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like the difficult piece to overcome. You know, you have to like do the work for yourself, but knowing that the problem is really like a societal kind of issue. Yeah. It, unfortunately it is. And it's so big that, you know, and I get and in like, there are some programs out there, um, that probably like mean well, um, and are, are trying to, you know, maybe improve someone's health. But as soon as they throw out the line of, you know, like you lose, you know, 10 pounds in five days, like an, it's like an automatic, like, why did you have to use that line? Because, you know, know, like now we've just taken the focus off of getting healthy 
to like this, this focus of 10 pounds in five days. And then what happens if I don't lose a 10 pounds in five days and I did something wrong and then just like you cycle out of control and, or it's just, yeah, I just wish the, the shift of the message would really come from a truly like, um, health focus and let's get healthy, you know, for like longevity of life versus the scale and the weight and the inches. Yeah. But, oh, it, I know. It's so well said. <laughs> it is true. Like you, you can be healthy at any size, you know, and I really, I really like that, that approach, you know, and if you really are struggling with it, they, you know, there are health at every size dietitians available, mm-hmm. but we really, I think as a culture need to be careful about our, our words and our language to, mm-hmm. and making sure that we're not just like propelling this thing forward. Um, you know, because even like, even if you go to your gym's Zumba class, um, you know, and they're talking about, you know, you have like the instructor up at the front of the class, like, you know, yelling at everyone, like burn extra calories and things right. like that. It's not helpful to yeah. people who are dealing with problems, like who are dealing with disordered eating and body image issues. Like that's, you know, it needs to be about health and finding what makes you feel good instead of just like burning the calories and restricting your diet. Yes, I know. It's a, it's a huge, you know, task, you know, that's, that's, that's in front of us is to, of shifting that message for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what is, what is your biggest piece of advice um, to maybe someone who's listening to this and is struggling with, you know, kind of what we described and, you know, there's a lot of elements, but feeling confident or, you know, like not, you know, like feeling like their eating is out of control and they're in that, that, that diet, you know, cycle um, and they can't get out of it. Like what's your biggest piece of advice to someone that's in that position, you know, position to like a first step towards getting out of it? Yeah. Um, I, it's so hard. I, I, you know, I feel like just really like recognizing, um, that there's a better way to do life than the way that you're doing it right now. And just finding, um, a good support system and finding like positive uplifting messages and resources that are going to help you, um, you know, overcome, the disordered eating or the exercise addiction or, or whatever it is. And there's, there's a ton of good resources out there. Um, I, I started out with reading, um, the book intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really great. I just kind of uh-huh. like everything out for you. Um, you know, but if you were, I would say like, if you're truly in like an eating disorder, like anorexia or bulimia, like that is something that requires like a medical professional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't necessarily make that switch into intuitive eating if you're in a true eating disorder. Um, but disordered eating is something a little bit different. So, um, I mean, that would probably be my, like my first place to start is like, you know, really working on the diet mentality part of it and, and not, and not saying that foods are off limits and not giving yourself that restriction, like ditch your calorie counting apps you know, like get rid of the social media. It's going to be a gradual process um, for sure. Um, But I would say like that, I mean, that first step is really, you know, just reaching out and seeking out resources to help Mm -hmm. 
I can say from my own personal experience, like, um, you know, I tried to go all in, you, you know, I, mine's been a journey of many like peaks and valleys. Um, and I, and like, it is, it's a, it's a daily work, but, um, a couple of years ago, about the time I started, uh, Wanderlust and Wellness, um, I realized like my, I, I, I spent a whole year just focusing on getting control of like my nutrition and my mindset around food and trying to shift that to, you know, just like you said, like just eating what, what foods nourish, I feel like nourish my body and just kind of getting a grasp on that before I ever even like stepped into the exercise realm, which might, Mm -hmm. you know, might not be the best approach, but that's what worked for me because trying to like, fix my nutrition and actually, actually like get control of like, a, a, you know, like exercise in my body. And then the mindset, like it was just too much. And so then I, and then I focus, I shift my focus when I exercised of like, stop like worrying about the, you know, the calories burned, you know, and really just focus on just moving my body. Um, you know, and I really kind of shifted my mental focus on just health. Like I want to live a long time. I want my knee, you know, like I want my body, my bones (laughs) to kind of like hold up and not worry about like whether I was my size of my jeans was dropping or not. Um, knowing that I was doing good things for my body by exercising, regardless of, you know, that number on that scale. And then there's also, I spent a lot of time on a mindset because that was, that Mm -hmm. was huge for me in order to, deal with the things like the body image and the negative self-talk and all the reasons behind those thoughts of why I felt like, you know, like I wasn't good enough or, you know, like I needed to be a certain size. Like there's some, there's some stories back there in our, Mm -hmm. in our brains that like that kind of feed those. And so I would agree, like it's a gradual process, but definitely, um, just kind of, you know, like decide what you need to work on first and then just kind of go with it and then ease into it. Yeah. And it's, it's something that you have to kind of wake up every day and do, um, multiple times throughout the day. Um, so, you know, a good example is, you know, is even just like, you know, if you feel kind of like down about the way you look that day, or, you know, maybe you ate something and like that, it kind of triggered a thought like, well, you know, I shouldn't have eaten that. It probably has a lot of, you know, and just recognizing those and the flipping them around, you know, and just getting rid of those, those thoughts like that. Um, cause we can destroy ourselves with, with that negative talk too. And I still catch myself doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, but it's not something we're ever going to, like, it's not a destination. It's like the journey of like working on it every single day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would hundred percent agree. So let me ask you this one last question before we wrap up. So tell me what are some of like, what are like two or three of your favorite recipes that are on your blog that you would love to share with the audience? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there was a pumpkin bun cake that just went up this morning. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. So I made a maple brown butter glaze with it. Oh, it's fabulous. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, that was a good one. Um, I do have so, I do have some more healthy recipes on there too. But, um, <laughs> um, oh gosh, I, there's like um, um, I don't even know. There's um slow cooker salsa verde chicken tacos. Those are really good. Oh, those sound good too. Yeah. Um, and I actually have kind of coming up in like the next couple of weeks. I have um 
some roasted sweet potato zucchini and black bean tacos. I'm Ooh. A- if you can't tell. I was like, going to say, <laughs> Mexican food is like a, sta- a weekly staple in our house, if not a couple times a week. <laughs> so, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and actually, I'm glad you mentioned like the cake and then you, you know, you threw in the, there are some healthy recipes because like when I first started my blog and I wanted to share healthy recipes, I like, I, I kind of panicked and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have this recipe on there because it's not like healthy. But then like, like that's not being like, right. that's not me living intuitively and authentically because there are times in which I'm, I might have a cake that doesn't have, you know, all the best ingredients. And so I decided to just kind of throw that to the wind. And if I wanted to have a recipe on there, that is a full blown, you know, gorgeous looking cake with all the goodness to it, then mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll put that up there. I kind of let that go. And so like you said, it's a constant journey. It's a constant, it's a journey and it's a constant, you know, I don't don't want to say battle because that makes it sound negatively, but it's just something that we constantly work Mm -hmm. on is just like accepting, you know, like, like our lives and how they are and just letting them just kind of like organically just kind of, to kind of grow and not, you know, like get caught up in that social media noise. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to take a lot of conscious effort. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's part. Like it's not something that you can just do passively. You have to actively work at it every single day. Yes, uh, that is, that is true. So. Journaling is a good um, yes. technique that I've added. If I have days where, you know, like that negative self-talk is coming back in um, or like, I feel like my eating's out of control and there's negative self-talk around that, then, you know, I will, you know, spend some time journaling. Um, there's just, a, like you said, there's a lot of resources and a lot of tools that you can have in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key is to always be aware and come back to them and not just let it kind of like spiral out of control. Definitely. Awesome. Well, um, before we wrap up, tell me, uh, or tell me, tell me, tell the audience, um, <laughs> where can they find you out there on the internet? So my blog is over at wellfedsoul.com. There's a hyphen between well and fed because the other domain was taken. <laughs> um, and then, um, I, I do enjoy Instagram and to be honest, like to be fair, most of the accounts I follow on our food, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I know it's so funny. Uh, my husband and I, not to di- not, we'll come back to you, not to, you know, take you off at your, your topic, but no, my husband fine. and I have a joke that like, he's a big um, outdoorsman and hunter. So like his feed is like all like elk and deer and animals <laughs> and mine's like all recipes and food and more food. It's just so funny that, that, you know, like what your feeds become, but yeah, mine's all food. I, I swear. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's hilarious how things like that work out. Um, but I am active on Instagram. So, um, that you can find me at well underscore fed soul. <laughs> and we'll, and I'll include all of these uh, links in the show notes and, uh-huh. and in the social media posts so that everyone can have a direct link. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, I know that intuitive, you know, living intuitively and eating intuitively is something that you hear about, but I know it's kind of a confusing topic. And so hopefully we, you know, shed some light on that with our, with our, our listeners today and how we can, you know, just break free of that crazy diet industry that's out there and, you know, start doing what's good for our minds and our bodies. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast to enjoy all of our upcoming episodes. 
And while you're there, go ahead and drop us a review. And be sure to follow Wanderlust and Wellness at www.wanderlustandwellness.org or jump on our mailing list to get instant access to all of our recipes, Wanderlust tips, and resources on how you can take your blog to the next level with online courses at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash email. And speaking of blogging, if you're ready to stop worrying about page views and ad revenue and start creating a profitable online course that will complement your current blog content and bring in revenue, then join our Blogger to Course Creator Facebook group at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash blogger to course creator. Please note that I am not a registered dietitian or a medical professional. The views I express are mine alone based on my own experiences and should not be taken as medical advice. Please speak with a medical professional before making any changes to your current routine.